Dear Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to gather together this morning to be inspired by your story through scripture, through the interaction with each and every one of our lives here today. We just ask that through today's teaching and conversations and time spent together that each of us just feel closer to one another and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, good morning. Nice to see you all. Post... Easter, warm day, uh, maybe next Sunday we might just set the chairs up outside since we're not in the park yet, but we have four more Sundays, I guess three after today, that we're in the school still here, um, but yeah, I'm excited for camping trip, park, all kinds of stuff that's ahead for us. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, understanding turning into empathy, and that's in its correlation with forgiveness. Uh, and it's kind of on that same vein of like listening that we've been talking about a little bit. This will be the last time, that it, at least for a little bit, that it takes that same kind of turn. But I've had this, uh, this art of listening or this discipline of listening has really been something I've uh, been learning and thinking about. Um, I want to use a story from when I was on sabbatical in Costa Rica there really good friend of mine I met down there. Um, we were sitting and talking over coffee and breakfast one morning, and um, uh, I was telling him about this letter I wanted to write to someone from my, someone in my life that I needed to work out some forgiveness stuff with. And I just feel like, I can't believe we haven't addressed any of this, it's been years, uh, maybe I should just write this letter. So he starts telling me this story of um, his own life and some wisdom from it. And so um, Tito is his nickname, so we'll call him Tito. Uh, Tito ran away from home when he was 13 years old. Uh, he and his father did not get along. His dad was in rough shape, should have been, even in the house situation at the time, and it caused Tito to just take off at 13. He had friends he could stay with and things. And so, um, he tells me about, you know, this really disdain and hate for uh, his dad in his life and, and what happened because of that. And so he's like, fast forward 25 years, and, uh, or maybe 15 years, something like that, and uh, he's uh, talking with a, a mentor figure in his life about this problem and gets the encouragement to, like, really understand where his dad's coming from to ask questions, to sit down with him, to force conversations with me, but find out what was his upbringing like, what was his relationship with his father, with his mother, with what did his childhood look like, did he ever run away from home, what's going on, to gain understanding into his life. And Tito's like, I, I really did not want to do this, but I really respected this person who was talking to me and knew that you know, his life was headed in such a different direction. He was happy. This was something he wanted to make amends on. So he, he starts hanging out with his father, who he hadn't seen hardly at all since 13, and asking him questions. What was it like growing up? What was, what was your dad like? What was this relationship like? And having conversations over and over and over again to gain understanding into his dad. And he's like, man, I didn't realize how hard of an upbringing my dad had. He's like, how rough 
my grandpa was, how like horrible. He's like, it, it sounded at least twice as bad as I had it. He's like, not that that gives any merit to uh, my dad being bad. I mean, I don't think good parenting advice is, you know, yell at your kids half as much as your parents yelled at you or, you know, hit them half as much as you were hit or whatever it's going to be. But there's something about this, this hearing and what they went through and their struggle and hearing his dad talk about how he wanted to be better and he knows that he screwed up and still made mistakes, but he, he tried so hard. And hearing what his example of parenting was uh, and then having these conversations to gain understanding, Tito was just telling me, he's like, my heart just started melting for, for him. And it just, it, all of a sudden it didn't even matter about the hard time I went through. It, we didn't have to get into the whole, like, I want you to, you know, say sorry and make amends, he realized how much effort his dad actually was putting in, even though it was still not as good as he would hope it would be. He learned so much about him. Uh, and today, this family, who mom and dad are divorced, but they, they still hang out, uh, and there's this, this happiness, there's something that got beyond it, because someone was willing to take the time and find understanding talk to someone else about this. And so then, in talking to me about my own situation, this letter I wanted to write to someone who I was hoping to make amends with, he's like, I wouldn't write the letter until you, until you find a level of understanding that creates this empathy where you understand where they're coming from, what was going on in the situation, what, what life was about. And he's like, and then only write the letter when the letter is to benefit them, not to benefit you. Or it's, Hey, this is, and not just that I'm here to correct you, know that it's completely out of love and out of understanding. Then write a letter of what's going on. And so uh, I've, I've, I've taken this back and had several conversations, and, um, and uh, it's, it's amazing what you can see, not just the conversations doing, but God doing in my own life, my prayers, and my journaling, and my things from this, from this, this gaining perspective and understanding this willingness to dive in and create empathy, to want to understand deeper, to and not that we need to justify anything or find, but but there's something about gaining understanding, like actively listening, that brings us to a place of empathy, feeling what they were feeling, understanding what they were going through at the time, understanding, okay, yeah, you acted angry, but man, you had a lot going on, you were stressed out, I, I understand the state of mind you were in, I can feel how hard it was for you at that time. And there's a forgiveness that comes from something like this. This is coming off of Easter week when we're inspired by the life of Jesus where he did everything possible to remove any obstacle between God and us, and not just that, but us with each other, this, this unity, this togetherness, this, this peace. And he calls us to be peacemakers, and we look at the life of Jesus in this amazing example, and not even just that, he forgives before we ask for it. He says, we're forgiven, period. If you look through the New Testament, it's over and over and over again, past tense, you have been forgiven. And so he gives us this relationship where he's like, I don't want you, I don't want even forgiveness to get in our way. And he walks in our shoes, and he understands every temptation and trial we go through, and he experiences human emotion for himself, and he gets to the place where scriptures say he has sympathy or empathy or understanding of what it's like to be a human. The divine becomes human and understands what it is to be us a little better. There's, there's knowledge, and then there's walking in someone's shoes and really understanding this is what it's like. And that's the kind of understanding or questioning or listening 
that we're talking to because uh, if we find this, if we can find this empathy, this understanding, this healing and forgiveness uh, in these personal relationships in our life, whether they're really close relationships, they're, they're the distant hurt that we're holding on to that's, that's really affecting probably us more than anything else, or if it's even gaining this understanding to future-proof a relationship against something that could happen. Because really, shouldn't those who are closest to us, shouldn't we have this level of understanding about their lives already so that if they act in a certain way, if they end up hurting us, it's like, hey, I already, I know what's going on. I know your story. Like, don't, that there's already this forgiveness pad that's in place that's just ready for any of these things. I think we all have people in our life that we need to understand better, whether it's from a need of forgiveness or it's just uh, someone we really love or someone that just annoys the pants off of us. Um, but man, what an example to take from Jesus, this, this walk of understanding, this putting ourselves in their shoes, listening to their story, uh, being inspired to have a closer connection <laughs> to create something more, to really be a peacemaker, to really be a healer, to bring and usher in the kingdom of heaven here on earth for someone else to experience this. Someone we love, someone we maybe even call an enemy. The reading from this week was uh, Romans 12. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 3. Paul says, because of the grace allotted to me, I can respectfully tell you to not think of yourselves as being more important than you are. Devote your minds to sound judgment. Each one of us is joined with one another, and we become together what we could not be alone. So he starts off this chapter saying, hey, you're not this perfect big shot. Like, who are you to be different than anyone else we're talking about here? He says, each one of us joined together. There's, there's something that your neighbor, the person sitting next to you right now on either side of you has that you need so that we can experience God, heaven, this community, life differently. He says, and if we skip to verse 9, he says, Love others well and don't hide behind a mask. Love authentically, despise evil. Pursue what is good as if your life depends on it. Live in true devotion to one another. I guess that's one of the questions we need to wrestle with today is what does living in true devotion to one another look like? What does that mean to us? What is... What, are, what is the author saying here? What is he challenging us to do? How do we live in true devotion to one another? Loving each other as sisters and brothers. Be first to honor others by putting them first. Honoring others by putting them first above our own needs. These are challenging statements Paul's thrown out here. It says, do not slack in your faithfulness and hard work at this. There's something worthy to chase after here, to incorporate into our lives, to look after. If people mistreat or, mal or malign you, bless them. Always speak blessings, not curses. If someone has cause to celebrate, join in that celebration. And if others are weeping, join in that as well. Work towards unity. Live in harmony with one another. Avoid thinking you're better than others or wiser than the rest. Instead, embrace common people and ordinary tasks. Do not retaliate evil with evil, regardless of the evil brought against you. Do what is good and right and honorable and agreed upon by all people. If it's within your power, make peace with all people. Again, my loved ones, do not seek revenge. Instead, allow God's wrath to make sure justice is served. Turn it over to him. 
And I think there's something about this, this challenge to work towards something here, to turn over any wrath or frustration and to work towards unity, to put someone else above your own interests, to love them that way. He's actually benefiting us here. Unforgiveness or hate or anger or disdain or really, really just being frustrated or annoyed with someone is like a poison in our veins that can surge through us and all it's doing is affecting your life. That poison doesn't touch the other person at all. But it's not, it's not as if we're hoping to uh, just affect ourselves. We're talking about seeing each other and seeing the cause and effect of our relationships and seeing that unity and seeing it as one. If someone's being annoying, I probably had a part to play in this. Um, I can think of even my own father when I was growing up, the times that he got like pissed off and probably was a little, a little too pissed off. Like I definitely had a hand in that. And to say, oh, your dad should be able to handle it. it when you live in that close proximity to one another, and if you're in relationships or if you have roommates or whatever, you know the right buttons to push to get the reaction that you want. And some people are really, really good at this. Like, they know someone so well, they know that, that it can just be... And I, I've seen someone do an eyebrow that has sparked, like, a fight. Just this, like, oh, really, that's you? Like, they're just, like, this hidden communication, and you know what is going on, but this says to strive for the other person first, to not just get your chuckle or you're right, or ooh, I can tell you're almost angry, and so long as I'm gonna make you angry, this will be all about you instead of whatever else is going on here right now. There's something bigger he's calling us to do. Let's get a little inspiration from the scriptures and then go into what this looks like for us and how we can take this going forward. I'm gonna take a sip, a good pause, reflect. What's that sentence we're supposed to reflect upon? Um, I lose it already. I did not see it the first time I read through this. It was just reading it now that I'm like, oh, that is so good. What does it look like to <laughs> devote yourselves to one another? Uh, I don't know. All right, anyway, take a sip. Move on. It's not Easter anymore. The pressure's off me. I'm a little extra off canon today. This is all right. Ephesians 4.32, he says, instead... I know we should have probably got to what that instead was, but think of the opposite of whatever he's saying. Be kind and compassionate. Graciously forgive one another, just as God has forgiven you through the anointed, our liberating king. Forgive as you've been forgiven. This is post-Jesus rhetoric. We see pre-Jesus that there's a, uh, the Lord's Prayer where he says, forgive and the Father will be able to forgive you. And most of the Jesus is risen post-Easter. Scriptures will say to forgive as we've been forgiven, to demonstrate this love that we've been given. Because we've been forgiven once for all time, a finality of forgiveness, a true devotion, this love. And he says, embrace that, look at that, understand it. Like, get your mind around that and give that away to others. Proverbs 18.2 says, a fool never delights in true knowledge, but only wants to express what's on his mind. How many times are we with people and it's it's... Again, we talked about this in the listening one a few weeks back. We're just thinking about what we want to say next. We're not even trying to empathize with what, and understand what's, what's being said to us at the time. Proverbs 14, 29 says, Whoever's patient and slow to anger shows great understanding. Here's the word understanding again. 
but whoever has a quick temper magnifies his foolishness. Proverbs 25, the real motives come from deep within a person, as from deep waters, but a discerning person is able to draw from them and expose them. Understanding exposes, it draws, it, 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 it tries to understand, it tries to empathize. This is the example we're given in Jesus. This is why he's so beautiful, he's so inspiring, he causes us to just live a life that's completely different and not about ourselves. And he's inviting us into something more, a way of life, uh, a path that is going to change how life looks for us, how we live, how we operate, how things work, but it really is for the better. I can think of so many times resisting this because it's just so much easier to be frustrated or you don't want to or you don't think you can. But the faster this becomes, the faster forgiveness becomes, the faster gaining empathy or understanding or working towards these things happens, we really start to see the benefits, not just in us, but the people around us, because it's not just for us. I want to be peaceful. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to have peace exude from me that can only come from God, because I want those around me to experience it. Have you been in a room with someone who's stressed out? You can feel it at times. It's like palpable. You're like, you are so stressed. Amy's shaking her head, but that's probably me too many times. Like, it, it just... It can rub off, and at the same time, you can tell someone who is just so at ease and so peaceful, you're just like, man, I just want to, like, I'm not going to let go of you for a few hours. All that peace is going to rub off. I want to be peaceful, not just for me, but I want the people around me to experience that, that peace, that peace that passes understanding, the scripture said. And so how do we do this? How do we apply this to our lives? How do we... Uh, to work this way. First Peter tells us to seek peace and to pursue it with everything in us. This, this, this body that's at peace, this mind that's at peace, this peace with all relationships and understanding. Um, I think a lot of this does come from a place where I think we've got to realize that we're all humans and give each other grace to mess up. Uh, I think most of my gaining and understanding in anyone has realized that they either didn't have the training for this they didn't have the time, or they were stressed out, or whatever. There's just something going on. I haven't met a person who you start to talk about their parents, and if they wish their parents had done a better job, you start to look at their parents' life, and you definitely would not have wanted to switch places with your mom or your dad in the way that they grew up, because it was rough, and no matter what they did in your life, it was way better, usually, than their parents did. It's this inspiring the next generation to do a better job, I want to do better for my kids. I want them to do better for their kids. I want my friends to be closer friends and have a better relationship than my parents experienced. I want to do a better job than they were able to do. And I tr and trust me, they want the same for you. They're like, don't make the same stupid mistakes I made. Go on and be so much better. That's why parents can be overprotective at times and even extra cautious and in your business at times and really opinionated because honestly they want you live a better life than they ever were able to experience. So how does this look for us? If we go back to Tito's example at the beginning of this taking time to understand one another, it really is going to cause a devotion of time. You've got to set up a meet and greet. Meet and greet. I don't know why I just said that. Pastor Brain. Uh, a time to hang out where it's just the two of you, where you can be honest. There's spaces it's easier to be honest. Sometimes at home, with it's just the two of you and you've got a bottle of wine or a couple of beers is the space, but there's other people I know that 
that silence of just two of us in a room is awkward and a noisy bar is way better. Like, no one else is listening to us, let's just talk here. So find out where that safe place is that you can go. But don't make it, like, make it easy at the beginning. This is not like, oh, I'm going to drill you on what was going on. Like, don't even let them know what's just start to ask questions. But don't just do this again with people that you need to find forgiveness with. Start doing this with everybody. Know the ins, the outs. If you're in a love relationship with anyone, you should constantly be furthering your understanding of who they are, what makes them tick, what they're excited about, what they're nervous about, what are they afraid of, what mistakes have they made that they regret that they never want to make again. These kind of things just make life completely different. It takes you to different depths that, that strengthens this relationship to be able to pass any kind of mistake, frustration, hurtful thing that was said or done along the way. Uh, we need to find the right questions to ask and to learn these, and to talk to people who are asking questions and to, to see, like, where can we go to get deeper with this kind of stuff? How someone was raised, what their relationship was like with, if it's a friend that you're trying to figure out, like, what were their friend relationships like growing up? What were their parents' friend relationships that were happening? When I do pre-marriage -pre counseling, a huge piece of it is just letting people, like, tell me about your parents' relationship and both parties We'll start talking about it, and it's amazing how much stuff will be like even just exposed to that. I never want to be like that, and the other person will like. Oh, sometimes I can see you're still protective, like, and it's but it's done in this like really loving fashion where they're like, oh man, yeah, a lot of this is this is how I grew up. We don't go to college to find out how to be married or be in a relationship. It's not in high school. There, there's never training. You watch your parents, which usually had no training as well. So it's this pass on of like we have no idea what we're doing. Here's my best guess, good luck. And then we're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but this was my best effort. And we give that to our kids and we keep going. But is there something more to this? Um, I love asking people mistakes they've made that they regret that they would do differently. You learn so much about someone by finding out where they screwed up. Like, there's nothing like getting a relationship closer to start getting into the fun questions where it's like, that we don't usually talk about easy, that we don't want someone to know, that underbelly, they're like, oh yeah, I did this once, that was horrible, and spent the night in the police station, or lost my best friend because of it, or crashed my favorite car, who knows what you did. Walked out of a job that the next day you were like, why did I ever do that? That was the best job, and I was just frustrated. These are the kind of things that, that this honesty, this rawness, this pain, that draws us closer together, and so, even in an enemy situation, you have someone that you despise finding out this kind of detail. There's a connection that's naturally made that's going to be there. Something's going to happen. What are they passionate about? Remember, we're gaining understanding to get empathy. So we can understand it. We can, empathy is that understanding so much that you can feel it. You can feel what they must have felt to make that decision because you understand what they've been going through. And we're doing this so that we can forgive but so that we can love them better. This is all about peace and unity. It's not just about you and getting something off your chest or a conscience. This is about building peace together and seeing each other's role in that. It's not to change someone, although um, many times this kind of genuine behavior does change someone else. Like it's, it's inspiring to see this, but you really, the person that's changing through all this is you. Any empathy or understanding that I've gained or looked into, the person who's changed the most is me. I've gained an invaluable set of perspectives, lessons learned that I didn't have to go through that brought me closer to someone else. I'm the one who's changed. I walk away from this. I think differently about the whole thing that happened and what was going on here. 
And we're a church, we're a church that's tasked with being the hands and feet of Jesus. We're a church that is defined, the name Ecclesia in scriptures means the gathering of the saints, of those people who consider themselves followers of Jesus. And it says, together we make a picture, a portrait of Jesus that separately we can't even do. And so there's something about this togetherness we need to understand and be knit together. This, how are you going to operate without a foot any longer? My mom had surgery Monday, and it was awesome. The doctor comes in and signs with a magic marker on her back, like the spot where I'm going to be cutting, because I do not want to accidentally... He want, when he goes into surgery, he's like, I want to see my initials. I don't want someone else to tell me where to cut. I want to know that I looked at the chart, and I knew that this is what's going on. He's like, otherwise you end up taking the wrong hand, or, you know what I mean? Or screwing surgery. I was like, oh my goodness, this is intense. Like... But how does that work for us? Like, do you look around this room and see the people in here as vital to you, like experiencing a fullness of life, experiencing Jesus, experiencing a new way of life that's so beautiful and so peaceful that God can only describe it to us as heaven on earth, a different way of living. They're vital. It's not just you and your understanding of scriptures or you or your, it's integrally, integrally, Oh man, I can't say it. It ties us all together. I'm going to try. That's the word. I don't even think I can re-say it. But I want to take this to discussion because I want to know what we're thinking about, where this comes to play in life. Again, um, it says so much to us as a community. This is something that's felt by someone that's new that comes in. They can tell if we're a part of each other's life or if this is just superficial. Do I know that you went to the University of Morris and that you're a, a fan of the team, or do I? Or do I know what's going on? Can we celebrate today when something good happens in someone's life? And can we mourn when something bad, or, or do we not even have a relationship where we know something bad's happening? And we build this into every Sunday with our circle groups. We've got these set up so that we know if you need prayer or if there's something to celebrate, we're, we're, we've actually taken scripture and we're, we're forcing ourselves to do it each week because this is, this is important, this is life, it doesn't just come naturally, sometimes we need a nudge, uh, but let's pray and then let's discuss and go from there. Uh, God, we need you, we invite you into our lives, uh, we want to understand each other better, we want to have this sense of understanding and empathy, and we want to have it for you as well, not just for one another. And so maybe some of us, the beginning of this understanding and this quest comes from just even understanding your heart better so that we can empathize with that and understand it and take that and carry it to then our loved ones or people that maybe have hurt us or wronged us or even, my goodness, those people who are our enemies or uh, just a frustrating thorn in our side. We just ask that we be inspired today that your Holy Spirit stirs us to ask more questions, to find understanding in these situations, to learn about each other more, that creates an empathy, an empathy that we understand what it feels like to be in their shoes, to go through what they did. And it, all it does is create a protection of peace that doesn't allow unforgiveness, it doesn't allow anger or pain, a spot to take root because the soil is well tended to there's nutrients, there's everything we need to grow together and to learn. We just ask your help in this right now. Guide our discussion. In Jesus' name, amen.